Hey, Crypt Keepers, I want to tell you about our exciting new affiliation with Parabox. Parabox is a t-shirt subscription box with a twist. Each month, you will receive a new paranormal soft style tea and info card about that month's theme. The shirt and card will contain clues to finding a hidden password for use on their website. You'll also find clues to next month's theme. Correct entries get entered in a raffle for free gear. The shirts are unique. They're pretty dope with designs about all your favorite paranormal stuff like Black Eyed Kids, Bigfoot, Nazca Lines, and a really cool Battle of Los Angeles tee. That's one I'm hoping I will get here sometime soon. The designs are silk screened onto a soft style tee that's super comfortable. From the moment you open your pair box, you'll be so engrossed by the t-shirt, you'll forget there's a puzzle built into it. That's right, each shirt contains a secret password. It can be in the form of codes, ciphers, riddles, numbers, images, or other hidden gems. Have fun exploring the design and putting the pieces together to figure out where to go next. Get your exclusive link in the show notes, and we get a little kickback when you sign up for the box, so you can support the show while getting cool swag with mysteries in the process. Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to another episode of your favorite paranormal podcast. Of course, we're talking about Cryptique. We ask that you subscribe, but more importantly, share on your favorite social media sites. We've got a TikTok, and that's at Cryptique underscore podcast, and you can share your stories and suggestions at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. I'm joined, as always, by a man who used a Ouija board to write his prenup. Ryan, what's up? Not a lot. It's <laughs> you know what? Some of the some of the people who've experienced the worst divorces are on the other side of that Ouija board. So sometimes you need a little advice. Any news to share or anything? You gonna be yeah. a dad or anything? Yeah, I mean there is that. That's kind of an unexpected uh... bonus. Yeah, fun little thing to add stress to my life right now. <laughs> but it is like the least stressful thing I have going on. But yeah, my fiance and I are having a baby girl at some point. We just found out the the sex because we had kind of like one of those genetic screenings done. I didn't really mm-hmm. want to know, but there are a lot of practical reasons to know. You know, just things are slightly different. Painting the nursery and yeah. <clears throat> stuff like that. And, really and is she going to get a pink cryptic onesie or blue cryptic <laughs> onesie? I don't know. See, I, I kind of like uh, a mix of colors. I don't I don't love the whole like blue or pink thing. Yeah. And I also feel like assaulted every time I see all that blue or pink. It's like it's overwhelming. It's like just throw some green and some yellow in there and stuff. Just make it colorful. It's a baby. Well, congratulations. If you want to congratulate Ryan, just uh, shoot us an email. Yeah. What are we talking about tonight? Tonight we are talking about uh, my writing implement of choice, the Ouija board. Yeah, the Ouija board, also known as a spirit board or talking board is a flat board marked with the letters of the Latin alphabet, the numbers 0 through 9, the words yes, no, 
and occasionally hello and goodbye, along with various symbols and graphics. It uses a planchette or a small heart-shaped piece of wood or plastic as a movable indicator to spell out messages during a seance. Participants place their fingers on the planchette and it is moved about the board to spell out words. Ouija is a trademark of Hasbro, but is often used generically to refer to any talking board, kind of like we would say Kleenex to refer to pretty much any kind of tissue. Right. Spiritualists in the United States believe that the dead were able to contact the living and reportedly used a talking board very similar to a modern Ouija board at their camps in the U.S. state of Ohio in 1886 to ostensibly enable faster communication with spirits. Following its commercial introduction by businessman Elijah Bond on the 1st of July, 1890, the Ouija board was regarded as an innocent parlor game unrelated to the occult until American spiritualist Pearl Curran popularized its use as a divining tool during World War I. Paranormal and supernatural beliefs associated with Ouija have been criticized by the scientific community and are characterized as pseudoscience. The action of the board can be most easily explained by unconscious movements of those controlling the pointer, a psychophysiological phenomenon known as the ideomotor effect. Mainstream Christian denominations, including Catholicism, have warned against the use of Ouija boards, considering their use satanic practice, while other religious groups hold that they can lead to demonic possession. And this is kind of something that we've talked about before, you know, just yeah. being careful, like Jim Harold and, you know, some of the other people that we've been interviewed have just given us the advice of essentially when you boil it down, it's if you communicate with them, if you open that door, they will come through it. You know, right. you look at them, they will look back at you and you may not like what happens or what comes through. It, it can be positive, but it could be very negative. Yeah. They're not always ninjas that sneak in through the, you know, Seriously, plumbing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> sometimes you have to open the door for them. So don't use Ouija boards, guys. Mm-hmm. Tell us about what the occultists thought. Yeah. Occultists, on the other hand, are divided on the issue, with some claiming that it can be a tool for positive transformation, while others reiterate the warnings of many Christians and caution inexperienced users against it. So, do you want to get into some etymology, or do you have some other? If you're Christian, then your religion, even if it's Methodist or, you know, whatever branch, I I think most, if not all Christian based religions and probably Abrahamic religions warn against using it because we're not experts. So, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever's on the other side is. The popular belief that the word Ouija comes from the French and German words for yes is a misconception. The name is taken from a word spelled out on the board when its inventor asked a supposed ghost to name it. One of the first mentions of the automatic writing method used in the Ouija board is found in China around 1100 AD in historical documents of the Song Dynasty. Finally, an easy Asian word to pronounce. Watch, somebody's going to write in and be like, it's Shang. You know, (laughs) there's a silent H or something. The method was known as Fuji, or planchette writing. The use of planchette writing as an ostensible means of necromancy in communion with the spirit world continued, and albeit under special rituals and supervisions, was a central practice of the Kwanzen school until it was forbidden by the Qing dynasty. 
they started out being called talking boards, I would think. So tell us about that. As a part of the spiritualist movement, mediums began to employ various means for communication with the dead. Following the American Civil War in the United States, mediums did significant business in allegedly allowing survivors to contact lost relatives. The Ouija itself is... The Ouija itself was created and named in Baltimore, Maryland in 1890, but the use of talking boards was so common by 1886 that news reported the phenomenon taking over the spiritualists' camps in Ohio, so kind of like we mentioned before. But it was also kind of a parlor game, right? Yeah, so an employee of Elijah Bond, William Fold, took over the talking board production. In 1901, Fold started production of his own boards under the name Ouija or Ouija, or Ouija, I I think people just say it however they want. I think most people basically say it like W-E-E-J-E-E, but... Yeah, Ouija. Charles Kennard, the founder of Kennard Novelty Company, which manufactured Fold's talking boards, and where Fold had worked as a varnisher, claimed he learned the name Ouija from using the board, and that it was an ancient Egyptian word, meaning good luck. And you could take that a number of ways, I I guess, however I read it, right? Right. Like from using the board that it was an ancient Egyptian word meaning good luck or that it was an ancient Egyptian word meaning good luck. When Fold took over production of the boards, he popularized the more widely accepted etymology that the name came from a combination of the French and German words for yes, which obviously are oui and je and Scientific investigation. The Ouija phenomenon is considered by the scientific community to be the result of ideomotor response. Like we said earlier, Michael Faraday first described this effect in 1853 while investigating table turning. Michael's got paper company to see Mr. David Wallace. I believe we're expected. Well, well, well. How the turntables... (laughs) Various studies have been conducted, recreating the effects of the Ouija board in the lab and showing that, under lab conditions, the subjects were moving the planchette involuntarily. I mean, you can look at ideomotor response and say that they're moving the planchette involuntarily, but that could be part of whatever is there kind of controlling the person to push it to where it wants to be. So. In my mind, that doesn't necessarily rule out that there's something paranormal happening. Mm-hmm. Right. A 2012 study found that when answering yes or no questions, Ouija use was significantly more accurate than guesswork, suggesting that it might draw on the unconscious mind. Skeptics have described the Ouija board users as operators. Some critics have noticed that the messages ostensibly spelled out by the spirits were similar to whatever was going through the minds of the subjects. According to Professor of Neurology Terence Hines in his book Pseudoscience and the Paranormal, he writes, The planchette is guided by unconscious muscular exertions like those responsible for table movement. Nonetheless, in both cases, the illusion that the object, table or planchette, is moving under its own control is often extremely powerful and sufficient to convince many people that spirits are truly at work. The unconscious muscle movements responsible for the moving tables and Ouija board phenomena seen at seances are examples of a class of phenomena due to what psychologists call a dissociative state 
And again, a, a dissociative state could be caused by, in theory, by another soul, spirit, demon, whatever, taking a certain amount of control, a percentage of control over the mind or body. Mm -hmm. A dissociative state is one in which consciousness is somehow divided or cut off from some aspects of the individual's normal cognitive motor or sensory functions. Involuntary movements are known as automatism. This correlates with the ideomotor phenomenon because they both rely on unconscious movement. The difference is that the ideomotor phenomenon is based on the idea that just the idea that something can happen tricks the brain into doing it. Mm -hmm. For example, thinking about not moving the planchette leads to the possibility of the planchette moving, which then makes someone unconsciously move the planchette. Ouija boards were already criticized by scholars early on, being described in a 1927 journal as vestigial remains of primitive belief systems and a con to part fools from their money. Another 1921 journal described reports of Ouija board findings as half-truths and suggested that their inclusion in national newspapers at the time lowered the national discourse overall. In the 1970s, Ouija board users were also described as cult members by sociologists, though this was severely scrutinized in the field. So, I mean, calling someone a cult member is pretty rough. There's a lot of things that need to fall in place for something to, you know, be considered a literal cult. And I think one of those is the leader of that cult wanting to have sex with all the women in the cult. Nobody else can. So there's no reports of Ouija boards uh, trying to have sex with your wife and children. So I, I think cult <laughs> members is a bit rough, but there were a lot of religious responses, right? Indeed. Since early in the Ouija board's history, it has been criticized by several Christian denominations, as we mentioned earlier. The Catholic Church, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in paragraph 2116, explicitly forbids any practice of divination which includes the usage of Ouija boards. Also, Catholic Answers, a Roman Catholic Christian apologetics organization, it's a lot of words, states that the Ouija board is far from harmless, as it is a form of divination seeking information from supernatural sources. Yep. Moreover, Catholic bishops in Micronesia called for the boards to be banned and warned congregations that they were talking to demons when using Ouija boards. In a pastoral letter, the Dutch Reformed Churches encouraged its communicants to avoid Ouija boards as it is a practice related to the occult. The Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, or Synod, however you pronounce that. Yeah, don't know. Also forbids its faithful from using Ouija boards as it teaches that such would be a violation of the Ten Commandments. I don't remember thou shalt not buy Ouija boards from Hasbro, but whatever. <laughs> and in 2001, Ouija boards were burned in Alamogordo, New Mexico by fundamentalist groups as symbols of witchcraft. Religious criticism has also expressed beliefs that the Ouija board reveals information which should only be in God's hands, and thus it is a tool of Satan. A spokesperson for Human Life International described the boards as a portal to talk to spirits and called for Hasbro to be prohibited from marketing them. These religious objections to the use of the Ouija board 
have in turn given rise to extension type folklore in the communities where they circulate. So kind of like the Barbara Streisand effect, maybe. Right. Cautionary tales that the board opens the door to evil spirits turn the game into the subject of a supernatural dare, especially for young people. So we'll find out about Ouija board related literature after a quick break. Keepers. In literature, Ouija boards have been the source of inspiration for literary works used as guidance in writing or as a form of channeling literary works. As a result of Ouija boards becoming popular in the early 20th century, by the 1920s, many, quote, psychic books were written of varying quality, often initiated by Ouija board use. I love varying quality. <laughs> <laughs> Emily Grant Hutchings claimed that her novel Japaran, a novel written from the Ouija board in 1917, was dictated by Mark Twain's spirit using an Ouija board after his death. Mm-hmm. Pearl Lenore Curran, who we referenced earlier, alleged that for over 20 years she was in contact with a spirit named Patience Worth. The symbiotic relationship produced several novels and works of poetry and prose, which Pearl Coran claimed were delivered to her through channeling Worth's spirit during sessions with the Ouija board, in which works Coran then transcribed. Much of William Butler Yeats' later poetry was inspired, among other facets of occultism, by the Ouija board. In late 1963, Jane Roberts and her husband, Robert Butts started experimenting with an Ouija board as part of Robert's research for a book on extrasensory perception. According to Roberts and Butts, on the 2nd of December in 1963, they began to receive coherent messages from a male personality, a, quote, energy personality essence no longer focused in the physical world, end quote, who eventually identified himself as Seth culminating in a series of books dictated by Seth. And I know Seth has a lot of meanings, Meanings, you know, throughout the past, but if it's just like some guy who's like, yeah, my name was Seth, you know, I died in a coal mine, that kind of, you know, lends a little credibility because if I was coming through from the other side of a Ouija board, I would be like, I am Megatron or... I am the Dominator! I am the Destroyer! I am Megatron! I am War Booty. In 1982, poet James Merrill released an apocalyptic 560-page epic poem titled The Changing Light at Sandover, which documented two decades of messages dictated from the Ouija board during seances hosted by Merrill and his partner, David Noyes Jackson. Sandover, which received the National Book Critics Circle Award in 1983, was published in three volumes beginning in 1976. The first contained a poem for each of the letters A through Z and was called The Book of Ephraim, 
It appeared in the collection Divine Comedies, which won the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry in 1977. According to Merrill, the spirits ordered him to write and publish the next two installments, Mirabelle, Books of Number in 1978, which won the National Book Award for Poetry, and Scripts for the Pageant in 1980. And so we've come full circle. Alistair Crowley Crowley, however you want to say it. Alistair Crowley had great admiration for the use of the Ouija board, and it played a passing role in his magical workings. Jane Wolfe, who lived with Crowley at Abbey of Thalema, also used the Ouija board. She credits some of her greatest spiritual communications to the use of this implement. Crowley also discussed the Ouija board with another of his students, and the most ardent of them, Frater Achad. It is frequently mentioned in their unpublished letters. In 1917, Achad experimented with the board as a means of summoning angels as opposed to elementals. In one letter, Crowley told Jones, Your Ouija board experiment is rather fun. You see how very satisfactory it is, but I believe things improve greatly with practice. I think you should keep to one angel and make the magical preparations more elaborate. Over the years, both became so fascinated by the board that they discussed marketing their own design. Their discourse culminated in a letter in February 1919 in which Crowley tells Jones, I offer you the basis of 10% of my net profit. You are, if you accept this, responsible for the legal protection of the ideas and the marketing of the copyright designs. I trust that this may be satisfactory to you. I hope to let you have the material in a week. In March, Crowley wrote to a child to inform him, I'll think up another name for Ouija. But their business venture never came to fruition and Crowley's new design, along with his name for the board, has not survived. Crowley has stated of the Ouija board that there is, however, a good way of using this instrument to get what you want, and that is to perform the whole operation in a consecrated circle so that undesirable aliens cannot interfere with it. You should then employ the proper magical invocation in order to get into your circle just the one spirit you want. It is comparatively easy to do this. A few simple instructions are all that is necessary, and I shall be pleased to give these free of charge to anyone who cares to apply. And when they mention aliens here, maybe it's worth clarifying. I see this kind of mix-up every once in a while where, I don't know, people are trying to use methods normally reserved for ghost hunting or spirit communications to try to communicate with like extraterrestrials. Mm. In this case, it appears that the term alien is just Unwanted foreign spirits. or unknown. Right, right. Something you're you're not intending to have something that doesn't belong. Absolutely. So what else you got? Other other influential people. Influencers. There you go. If you will. <laughs> so we've all seen the movie The Exorcist. If you haven't seen it, you're a horrible person. <laughs> you need to watch it. Probably the best horror movie along with The Shining out so it's definitely worth seeing when they first saw it in the theaters they were throwing up people were taken out for heart attacks and stuff like that but the true story is based on Roland Doe and he is basically the character that Reagan plays in The Exorcist only obviously it's a boy We'll do a a story, I think, on The Exorcist and Roland Doe 
because I actually have the the diary that the priest kept notes in Mm. while he was exercising Roland. And basically, he claims that he used an Ouija board, and the Catholic Church stated that that led to his possession by a demon. But yeah, the true story is amazing, and we'll, we'll do an episode on it soon enough. I'm sure you guys will like that. But Moving along, Bill Wilson, the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, used a Ouija board to conduct seances and attempts to contact the dead. I don't know if that was while he was drinking or (laughs) after he was drinking, but yeah, he's like, what should I do? And it's like, stop. He's like, oh, good idea. (laughs) Early press releases stated that Vincent Fernier's stage and band name Alice Cooper, was agreed upon after a session with the Ouija board, during which it was revealed that Fernier was the reincarnation of a 17th century witch with that name. Alice Cooper later revealed that he just thought of the first name that came to his head while discussing a new band name with his band. So that's kind of cool. And Alice Cooper has looked like he's 180 years old for the last 180 years. So, oh my God! Right, I I saw him in concert here like a year ago, two years ago, <laughs> and he looks like he looks like somebody wearing an Alice Cooper mask. But he's he's really impressive. Like he was running up and down stairs and jumping, like doing all kinds of really physical stuff. Yeah, I don't know how old he is, but he old. Yeah, I think he just hit max level and stopped leveling. Yeah. So you can't tell how old he is now. He just hit a plateau. That's where I'm headed. <laughs> Former Italian Prime Minister Romano Prodi claimed under oath that in a seance held in 1978 with other professors at the University of Bologna, the, quote, ghost of Giorgio Lapira used an Ouija to spell the name of the street where Aldo Moro was being held by the Red Brigades. The Mars Volta, great band, wrote their album Bedlam in Goliath in 2008 based on their alleged experiences with an Ouija board. According to their story, written for them by a fiction author, Jeremy Robert Johnson, Omar Rodriguez Lopez purchased one while traveling in Jerusalem. At first, the board provided a story which became the theme for the album. If you guys haven't heard Mars Volta, they're not for everybody. It's very artsy. It's cool. Not for everybody. Strange events allegedly related to this activity occurred during the recording of the album. The studio flooded. One of the album's main engineers had a nervous breakdown. Equipment began to malfunction, and Cedric Bixler Zavala's foot was injured. No word on what happened to his foot, but... Following these bad experiences, the band buried the Ouija board. I don't know. I think some of that, you know, we talked about ninjas spreading falsehoods about themselves. I I think that you know, rock bands tend to 
color their past and you know if you hear oh i wrote this album with an ouija board it's going to be more of a draw you know yeah in the murder trial of joshua tucker his mother insisted that he had carried out the murders while possessed by the devil who found him when he was using an ouija board in london 1994 convicted murderer stephen young was granted a retrial after it was learned that four of the jurors had conducted an ouija board seance and had contacted the murdered man who had named Young as his killer. That's pretty scary. You can't have a lie detector test be brought into court. I mean, that falls under the category of, damn, I didn't know I had to tell you motherfuckers not to do that. You know, like, you get the jury instructions, and they're like, you have to only assess the evidence that is allowed in court. If something's thrown out, you have to disregard it. You, ha- you can't make contact with anyone and so on and so forth. And then and don't use a Ouija board to contact the dead guy. That's something you don't think you need to tell people, but mm-hmm. apparently you do. But in any case, Young was convicted for a second time at his retrial and jailed for life. E.H. Jones and C.W. Hill, whilst prisoners of the Turks during the First World War, used an Ouija board to convince their captors that they were mediums as part of an escape plan. So... Mm-hmm. That's good, you know. Yeah, something good came out of it. <sighs> There's a lot in pop culture. You want to get us started on that? Sure. Ouija boards have figured prominently in horror tales and various media as devices enabling malevolent spirits to spook their users. Most often, they make brief appearances, relying heavily on the atmosphere of mystery the board already holds in the mind of the viewer in order to add credence to the paranormal presence in the story being told. In the 1960 supernatural horror film 13 Ghosts, the family Zorba plays the game Ouija, the Mystifying Oracle. A Ouija board is an early part of the plot of the 1973 horror film The Exorcist, as we just talked about. You really don't want me to play, huh? No, I do. Captain Howdy said no. Captain who? Captain Howdy. Who's Captain Howdy? You know, I make the questions and he does the answers. Oh, Captain Howdy, yeah, I That's see. Nice. Using an Ouija board, the young girl Reagan makes what first appears to be harmless contact with an entity named Captain Howdy. She later becomes possessed by a demon. Escalates pretty quickly in this version of the story. In the nineteen eighty six film Witchboard and its sequels, they center on the use of Ouija. What lies beneath includes a seance scene with a board. Paranormal activity involves a violent entity haunting a couple that becomes more powerful when the Ouija board is used. Another 2007 film, Ouija, very convenient title for this, depicted a group of adolescents whose use of the board causes a murderous spirit to follow them, while four years later, the Ouija experiment portrayed a group of friends whose use of the Ouija board opens and fails to close a portal between the worlds of the living and the dead. I am actually not familiar with too many of these other than The Exorcist. And 13 Ghosts, I've, I've only seen the more modern version. Right? They did a remake in like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I, I, thought I thought it was, it was pretty, pretty good. good. I was, yeah, I thought it was pretty good too. Um, I, yeah, there's no reference to the Ouija board in the new 13 Ghosts, but right. it's it's got kind of a corny premise, I guess. I, I don't know, but he's basically... As the best horror films do. 
Yeah, but the uh, images are definitely, you know, gruesome and they kind of stay with you. I, I would recommend mm. 13 Ghosts. The 2012 film I Am Zozo follows a group of people that run afoul of a demon based on Pazuzu after using the Ouija board. We have a, uh, a whole episode on Zozo, the Ouija board demon, and that is linked to Pazuzu, which is linked to the Exorcist movie and Roland Doe. So mm-hmm. check it out if you haven't already. Go ahead. Yeah. And Zozo freaks me out, so... I stayed away from this movie. <laughs> the 2014 film Ouija. So is that another? I guess it's another movie called Ouija. Features a group of friends whose use of the board prompts a series of deaths. That film was followed by a 2016 prequel, Ouija Origin of Evil, which also features the device. The British singer Morrissey released a controversial single titled Ouija Board, Ouija Board in 1989. The lyrics in the video of the song mockingly play with the idea supernaturally contacting dead persons so we just kind of wanted to give you a a brief history of the Ouija board because we'll be doing more episodes on you know things that have happened to people because of Ouija boards that sort of stuff so we figured giving you kind of a history and background of it would be kind of a good prequel to you know things that we'll get into later so final thoughts for me don't use them. Just don't. It all goes back, you know, you, you've brought this up numerous times, is to intent. Now, if you put a Ouija board on a table and use it to put your glasses on, is something bad going to happen to you? Probably not. But if you draw your own Ouija board and use a glass and you your intent is to contact the dead or, you know, things from the other side which could include demons you could be in trouble with that too so just stay away from it what do you think yeah i'm very cautious about a lot of that stuff there's a lot of i guess things you can do places you can go activities you can participate in that i kind of avoid Mm -hmm. because of the idea that you could invite something or you could gain the attention of something you know almost like um in constantine Mm-hmm. when the female lead that detective or whatever has that first interaction mm-hmm. and then Keanu Reeves character you know Constantine is is basically telling her like it it's too late for you like they've they've noticed you now like they know that you saw them so now they you know they'll pay attention to you yeah there's different stages of demon contact and you know it's it's got to start somewhere so yeah they notice you then they become obsessed with you then they oppress you and then eventually their goal is to possess you all right well that's all i got that is all i have as well all right go ahead and share this episode on social media so we can keep bringing you this amazing content for free Send us your paranormal story and we'll share it on the show. Let us know at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our Crypt Talk at cryptique underscore podcast and stay tuned in the after party for true horrifying tales of Ouija board experiences. Good evening, Crypt Keepers. <laughs>